When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey Geekscapists, welcome to a brand new Geekscape episode. I'm your pal Jonathan London, and welcome to my podcast. I like to talk pop culture with different friends and professionals from the worlds of pop culture. That would be movies or video games, comic books. In this episode, we are talking tabletop RPGs and a lot of uh, Philip K. Dick cyberpunk with my friend Ivan B. Van Norman. Uh, he's got a brand new Altered Carbon RPG that's up for Kickstarter right now. If you go to alteredcarbonrpg.com, you can start scanning through that stuff while you're listening to po- uh, the podcast uh, and be like, hey, this is pretty cool. I think I might just invest in this Kickstarter. This is this is pretty neat. Um, because you know what? That's the source right there. That's where you're going to get a lot of the information because the amount of information I have in my head... Well, you can kind of see where the conversation goes. I'll let you listen to it and see where my brain leads it. Um, I got a little loopy there by the end. I got a little silly. So be ready for that. That happens. Um, a couple places where uh, I lose a little bit of control <laughs> and start acting kind of silly. Uh, and I do that with, when my friends are on the show. And Ivan and I have been friends since many, 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 many wonder cons ago. Uh, and I've got to shout out our good friend from episode one of Geekscape and many, many more, uh, Ben Dunn, for sending me a text and saying, hey, uh, Ivan's got this Kickstarter uh, based on Altered Carbon, and is it cool if he comes on Geekscape? And I'm like, dude, of course. Uh, Ivan and I had talked back in September about this and him coming on the show, and I'm glad that he remembered it. I'm glad that, that Geekscape is seen by both my friends and the creative community as a place to come to, uh, as like a resource to come and promote your stuff and, and be a part of the community, our community, their community, this bigger like macro community of geekdom. I mean, let's say what you, you know, will about being uh, a geek. It's not really a niche anymore. It's not really a niche thing that you're a part of anymore. Now we're made up of a lot of different niches. We've got the anime kids and the Dragon Ball kids, and they don't necessarily overlap. There's not necessarily a Venn diagram, you know, because maybe you're into Naruto, but you're not into Dragon Ball. Maybe you're into um, just like the real Japanese stuff, but some of the Americanized stuff you're not that into, uh, you know, and that's just anime. And then when you start to get into things like RPG and sci-fi versus fantasy, you got to admit, since the beginning of Geekscape, only 13 years ago, we have seen a stratification of geekdom and an explosion of geekdom 
across the board. <laughs> I mean, I I can just basically just take guests from anywhere, and there's no vetting anymore. There's no are you a geek or not a geek uh, because it's not just Star Wars and Star Trek anymore. <laughs> it's just it's not. We're we're not just geeks anymore. Well, we are. We are. I guess in a broader sense, if you want to self-identify like that. Uh, we're not just geeks anymore. When did we start self-identifying? Maybe before I was born, but I, I remember geek and nerd uh, being a derogatory term when it was a bullying term, and then we started using it as a sense of pride. I don't know if I ever ran the Jake Gyllenhaal red carpet that I did. Uh, this was South by Southwest years ago, and this would have been for the movie Source Code, and I remember asking... Jake Gyllenhaal, if he would give the Geekscapists like a shout out, and he declined. Did I ever run this? I don't. I don't even know what hard drive I could find this audio on, but I know I have it. Uh, there's video of it. Uh, I asked G- Jake Gyllenhaal uh, to give a shout out to you Geekscapists that I could use on the show, and he says, "I really don't like uh, labeling people," and. Uh, and then that's why he declined. He didn't want to call you geekscapists who are self-identifying as geeks. He didn't want to call you geeks. So, for whatever the reason, Mysterio did not want to label you by the things that... By listening to the show, you are labeling yourself. <laughs> oh, man, what a mess of a culture we find ourselves in. But it's pretty cool in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, you can argue that the geeks took over the Super Bowl. Uh, yesterday was the Super Bowl. It was a big thing. And uh, the only thing I watched was the Groundhog Day ad with Bill Murray. Uh, kind of a sequel. Uh, an official sequel to, to Groundhog Day. Where he doesn't mind being in Groundhog Day because he gets to drive the Jeep every day. That was kind of a creative ad. Uh, I also think Captain America was a big one. Uh, you, I don't know if you guys saw the Rachel Drash and Chris Evans and um, and John Krasinski ad where they're all speaking in Boston accents. That was a big one. I didn't actually watch the Super Bowl. I just watched the ads like many of you. Um, and then, uh, obviously, Disney Plus and Marvel released their kind of teaser for the upcoming slate of Marvel TV projects. And it's our first glimpse at a lot of stuff like WandaVision and Loki and, uh, and, and Falcon Winter Soldier, and that stuff all looks great. And it's crazy that we live in a time now that we're as excited for, like, the TV shows as we are for the films. Uh, I watch, I've been watching Picard. Um, that's been fun. Uh, Heidi, who is, like, the Star Trek expert in my life, um, got the CBS All Access. And it's it's got to be annoying for me to ask this many questions. I don't want to ask Ian. Like, I can always just ask Ian, like, hey, man... The Star Trek stuff, not not my strong suit. What does this mean? Is this something from the movies? Is this something from Next Generation or one of the other iterations of Star Trek? Because, you know, I'm not totally lost on Picard. It has a pretty simple story so far, but there are a lot of info dumps. There's a lot of places where they go way into Romulans and all these different things that have happened in the Star Trek universe. And I don't know which ones are, are, have just been put into history for the show and which ones were actually covered in The Next Generation. And obviously there are characters from Next Generation and Voyager and Deep Space Nine and stuff like that that are, that are all kind of popping up as cameos in the show. And I, I didn't watch much of it. I just didn't. So 
there's an, uh, I'm on the outside of that that little circle while we're talking about the stratification of geek culture. That's that's not a strong suit for me, but I am enjoying Picard. I think it's fun. Um, also been watching what else? Well, I finished Watchmen on HBO, and is it dangerous for me to say that I enjoy the HBO Watchmen more than I ever enjoyed the Alan Moore Watchmen? Is that sacrilegious? Am I going to get kicked out of some club to say that I really, 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 really uh, loved the HBO Watchmen? Which surprised me, not because any of the talent involved wasn't talented. Everybody involved was pretty damn awesome, but the slow burn aspect from the first couple episodes, they give you enough to just kind of keep going, but then it just starts becoming mind-blowing. Uh, in a way that Watchmen has been. I mean, if you read the graphic novel, which I'm going to call a trade paperback, strike that from the record, it's a trade paperback. It came out in single comic book issues. It's a trade paperback. Stop with this. It's not a graphic novel. I'm going <laughs> to... That's the hill I'm going to die on. Um, the original comic book series, yeah, obviously it had some mind-blowing aspects to it and some cool concepts. And for 1985, when it came out, the commentary on the comic book culture, it was huge. Uh, it was revolutionary. Um, but this look at the series is awesome. Uh, it was as much a cool superhero, uh, series as it was a commentary on our time and our culture, especially here in America and all the crazy shit that we've got going on right now and our slow spiraling descent, which is kind of getting faster and faster as we near the drain. Uh, but we are going straight down. <laughs> I don't know what to do with it. I don't know. Maybe you just throw yourself more into escapism and enjoy some more uh, fantasy. Maybe we go, we, we become even bigger geeks, but I don't know if that's the solution. I think that kind of our love of pop culture and science fiction and fantasy is how it uh, works as a prism to what we're dealing with. It, it, it's not escapism. It's, it's reality commentary. Is that a term that people use? Reality commentary? Can I introduce that into our little lexicon or... Our, our conversation that it's uh, reality commentary. I'm sure there are much smarter people than me who've used that term before in relation to pop culture and what we do here, sci-fi fantasy. So let's go with reality commentary. Taking something, putting it in a different prism, moving it around and saying, oh, hadn't thought about things like that before. Well, maybe because all of our messages come from like five major conglomerates. Now I'm starting to get a little tinfoily. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. Let's get to the episode. This is Ivan B. Van Norman. And uh, we sat down in his living room and we talked about this Altered Carbon RPG that he's got kickstarted right now at alteredcarbonrpg.com. Um, our, I didn't make it through Altered Carbon, the TV series that was on Netflix. Uh, I stopped a couple episodes in. As I say, I think I say it in the uh, conversation, I never read the books. I did read the uh, uh, Do Do Robot Stream of Electric Sheep, if that's what you call it, the Philip K. Dick book. I read a lot of that stuff in high school. When, uh, middle school, I was in like this whole Robert Highland, Philip K. Dick, fantasy, sci-fi uh, kind of bend. By the time I got to college, I stopped reading too much sci-fi, fantasy uh, and now I just read, like, self-help books. <laughs> I think you gravitate towards the things that you need. I think as a middle school, high schooler, I was like, oh, this stuff is different than the reality that I'm going through. Let, let me let me read some, some fantasy and sci-fi. And I was really, really, really steeped in that stuff. 
in middle school and high school. And then by the time I got to college, I think uh, I was like, okay, uh, let's start dealing a little bit more with the real world, kind of. It's also when I started broadcasting, so maybe I wasn't too into the real world. Um, but I know that I, I started, uh, I was still reading comics. Comics have always been kind of my through line. But now, let's face it, I read a lot of nonfiction, some self-help, some historical stuff, and always comics. Back to comics. It's always been there. Always been there for me. Comics have never failed me. Um, so that's kind of where I go. Okay. Altered Carbon. We talk some proto-humanity. We talk some some uh, cyberpunk. We talk some Philip K. Dick. We talk a lot of designing RPG games and tabletop games. Ivan has done it several, several times over, and it is a whole culture that I don't know if I bring you guys enough of, but I'm bringing it to you guys now. Please, enjoy this episode. If you do, share it with your friends, or go on whatever podcast you're on, click that five-star button. That really helps our visibility, and leave us a review. That stuff helps our float. It helps us get in front of more eyeballs and ears, and um, also love the reaction to the last mini-episode, and I'm totally serious about setting up a little recording broadcast uh, streaming space for me to bring you live Geekscapes that you can watch uh, as they happen. So listen to this episode, think about it, and uh, go check out alteredcarbonrpg.com. Here is me and my dear friend Ivan B. Van Norman, Geekscape Forever. Ivan Van Norman? Yeah, Van Norman. You, why, yeah. why the Van Norman? Because that's, that's name. the fucking name. Yeah, because yeah. it's Ivan Baron. Van Norman. Well, why not the Baron? Why not the Baron? Because Baron's my middle name, boo-boo. That makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> but do people call you Ivan Norman? No. I mean, they don't... They, you know who calls me Ivan Norman? New people. The government agents and new people, yes. So you're not... You're neither one of those. Yeah, so. okay. Ivan Van Norman. <laughs> okay, I, and I can't call you the Ivan Baron... I mean, you can. Here's, here's the deal: is it's so silly. My full name is so incredibly silly that I try not to like. Is there more to it? No, no, that's it. Thank okay. you. It's, just, it's not a, it's not a five part. It's just four. So. There's not an esquire. Go get yourself an, go get yourself a law degree and start adding to it, or go get a PhD and things like that. You have a PhD, Doctor Ivan Barrett Van Norman. No, no, no. I mean that that sounds like something that's worth twelve years to do, but Doctor Ivan Barrett Van Norman. It's only is, worth the investment of twelve years if. If you successfully kill James Bond at the end, <laughs> like it's a, if, yeah. if you fail in killing James Bond, which nobody's done yet, yeah. um, then it's useless. It's money out the money out the door. You know? Yeah, like the Born Identity <laughs> series couldn't kill him. The Triple X series definitely couldn't kill him. Yeah. But remember the beginning of Triple X when they had like that actor playing like a James Bond type, and he dies in the first scene. I'm just oh, quizzing right. you on Triple yeah. X. Yeah, no, but it's been a lot. It's been, I think, a decade since the since Triple X, and I only. I, well, I there's a, a second Triple X, the one with Ice Cube. Okay, right. You're in. You're in a territory. And I think they made another Triple X, like Triple Triple X. They no, they made like a soft rebooty Triple X where where Vin Diesel <laughs> is with like a younger group of extreme athletes who also have spy skills and, and, and they all have multiple spy like type of skills like one's like jet ski expert and one's like okay. like, like okay. yeah one's like professional I, jet skier or whatever Geekscape yeah. is correct me if I'm wrong but I'm pretty sure there was a new triple X movie that came and went quickly <laughs> within the last five six years 
You're, I mean, to be fair, you're you're talking outside of my zone of influence at what the moment. What are you moment, talking so. about? <laughs> I haven't been doing adrenaline-induced action films since uh, since I used to hang out in uh, my buddy's, like, one-level um, band rock-out place, and we used to sit and watch, like, Invasion USA and Cobra and Where stuff. was that? In Eugene, Oregon. Well, after this, we're going to go see Bad Boys for Life. Yes. <laughs> Um, I think that at this point, because they released the uh, new Fast and the Furious Nine posters okay. of like all the the, the right. machismo, yeah, and like John Cena is now in the cast of this and that. Oh man! And and, and I just started thinking like what like it's it's called F Nine. Like what is the popular F Nine? They should have waited. They should have waited till F Ten. Well, F Ten, I think like that you can't call it FFX because that's the Final Fantasy Ten. <laughs> You, you can't uh, I, I, And then uh, I threw it out on Twitter And my good friend Andy Rattinger said uh, It'll just be Furious But the I.O. will be a, a 10 And I'm like That's what it's going to be called oh, That's clearly what it's yeah, going to be called yeah. But I think at a certain point You just have to start calling these things F you <laughs> <laughs> Like like F this Yeah F this F the Like we already have your ticket money F everybody <laughs> And then I'm just F waiting for, for Universal To see the clear cash grab of crossing the franchise over with their other successful franchise the Jurassic World stuff and having just a car jumping a, a transfer to be fair to be fair all that that happened already but it hasn't happened in a new place it was Cadillacs and Dinosaurs oh uh, no days. Cadillacs and Dinosaurs it, that wasn't made into a film was it, it was, no. I remember the, car, the cartoon in the comic book there, there was a cartoon in the comic book I'm just saying Dinosaurs and cars have existed in the zeitgeist at one point. It was Cadillacs and dinosaurs, and I would love to see that. And you can argue that Theodore Rex with Whoopi Goldberg <laughs> was also kind of like a hold on to your butts, careening around a corner detective with a dinosaur thing. Uh, yeah, it's a deep dive, John. Um, deep dive, but I appreciate. What it. about that Paul Walker movie where he gets turned into a dinosaur? Have you seen the trailers for this? They show it every now and then at like the Egyptian or somebody like the new Beverly will play this in LA every now and then. And it's called like Kimmy and the Dinosaur or something. It's a, it's a girl's oh, name. Okay. And, the, and, and it's a boyfriend girlfriend, but he gets kidnapped and his brain gets put into a Tyrannosaurus Rex's body. It was made in the early 90s. Okay. And right now, Matt Kelly is probably screaming at me <laughs> because he's like, it's. So and so the dinosaur and Matt, I respect you, but I don't have it in front of me right now. It's not so there. I just it's, it's not, not we're doing we're doing this whole interview Google list right and so now. So that that is yeah, I just think that there needs to be more driving in dinosaur movies, and I don't understand how Bad Boys for Life. I don't know how it did last weekend, but I don't know why that movie didn't come out and Sony didn't or whoever released it didn't call up Universal and be like hey can we just cross this can you can you lend us Vin Diesel can you put Vin Diesel in this movie all I'm saying all I'm saying Cadillacs and Dinosaurs 2022 let's just see it happen yeah but that reminds me of Cowboys and Aliens the movie with Daniel Craig and Harrison Ford that John Favreau did yeah yeah like John Favreau could do no wrong and Universal's like well he did for us He did Cowboys and Aliens, but look at the talent that was on that movie. The talent on that movie, there, like, just looking at the writing talent, there were some of like Hollywood's hot, hottest writers on that script. Yeah, and it had like amazing producers, and you just look at the cast. You're, you're like, like, man, who's the X factor here? How's Cowboys and Dinosaurs? How's Cowboys and Aliens gonna fail? <laughs> Pro- <laughs> like profoundly, stupendously, <laughs> it failed. There was no. 
cowboys and more aliens and that was it that was it shut it down we, we, let's go home we had our moment we had our moment and then we walked past it so. I'm just trying to entice you back to adrenaline junkie movies well I mean did you did you did you watch any Altered Carbon did you see the show okay all? let me tell you about the Altered Carbon because I got through like four or five episodes okay. when it first came out when it first came out two years ago and I was like mm, yeah okay. it's yeah. okay but on the subject of Philip K. Dick Yes. Listen to this shit. Okay. Because listen to this. Yeah. Because Ivan is on the show because as of today, he's launched his Kickstarter for a brand new altered carbon based board game. Did I say it's that a right? Role playing game. It's yeah. a role playing game. No, yeah, it's, it's altered. It's the officially licensed altered okay. carbon role playing game. All right. Yeah. So if you're a fan of like uh, that whole. You know, what do you want to call that? A neo noir? Neo noir, cyberpunk. That whole yeah. thing. If you like playing the Shadowrun or if you love any of the Philip K. Dick universe stuff. Yeah, it's, if it's, you like, it's got that whole Blade Runner, but Shadowrun yeah. without all the fantasy elements. Yes, no fantasy. You're not going to have dwarves with and cybernetics. Not a, and not, a, and not eclip, an eclipse phase, but without all of the horror and transhuman okay. sci fi horror elements of it. Because even a lot, uh, Eclipse Space was originally inspired a lot by the Altered Carbon series as well, too, before it became a Netflix series and before right. it went out. But we're, we're a lot of the, there's a lot of shared technologies between these two RPGs as far as stuff goes. Yeah, you can put stuff in front of your eyeball. <laughs> Onis, yeah. optical neural interfaces. You can put stuff, yeah. yeah. That, I mean, that's like, whenever anybody's like, oh, I'm going to cosplay, I'll just put something in front of my eyeball. I think that's like a, a quick go-to neo noir outfit. Is yeah, just put just put some some lightly some brightly colored shades in front of you. Brightly colored shades, but everything else has to be fucking black. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like everything else has to be like Matrix. Yeah. Except you have some like orange pl- like plastic in front of your eyeball. Yeah. And then and maybe you have like what looks to be a Nintendo I Power think, Glove on think, your arm. I think you kind of just maybe have done just. I think you just did Mass Effect though specifically. Mass Effect, and then Mass I effect, think there so. is it. Well, you know, isn't there a, a corner of the Dragon Ball universe where there's a character who has uh, one of those things? You know, again, out outside comfort. outside of my wheel well as well. <laughs> but I think one of the Dragon Ball characters has the plastic drop down menu in front of their face, <laughs> and I just want to like. I just want to. I want a scene where somebody. You know, because everybody was like, I-, "I can see through walls," or "I can, I can let me hack the interface," and like the little thing hack comes down in front of their face, yeah. and, and they're like, "Okay, I can see the neural network." I just want that little thing to drop down and be like, "I'm ordering a pizza." <laughs> you know what I mean, like guys, guys, pizza will be here in twenty minutes. Because <laughs> no offense to the people who've invested in this universe, such as yourself, you've invested in the game, the rules. You're like, okay, we got this badass technology for our characters. Uh, here's what they can do with them. These, they give them these abilities and attributes. But you know how role-playing games sometimes turn out, where you get in your party with the role-playing game, and you go to like a tavern, and you're like, okay, I want to find why the DM brought us here and move on with the story. And some of them are like, I want to talk to the barmaiden. I want to play a loot. And I'm like, what the f-? Like, <laughs> come on. I don't want to sit around in the tavern. So you know there's going to be people who yeah. are like, I'm going to order a pizza on that my drop great. down. I'm, t- I'm, I'm into that. I'm into ordering a pizza because guess what? That shit gets tracked. But you know what I mean? Yeah, because guess what's going to come up? Now the bad guy who's looking for you just found out that you ordered a pizza yep. and now you've laid breadcrumbs down leading up to where you are. Now see, so. that's a good DM. <laughs> 
<laughs> a bad DM is the one who doesn't engage in you. It's just like, shut up. <laughs> I, there's five thugs sitting there staring at you in the corner. You clearly have to fight them. Like, why are you ordering a pizza? <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. That's a much better. You are a much better DM than me. I just shame the person who's playing the way. I'm like, listen. Listen. Five people are sitting around here waiting for you to order a Tracking stupid ID. pizza. Tracking IDs. That's yeah. what's up. That's how you that's how you lean into that. And that it, stuff may already be happening. And even better, if it's if it's somewhere where someone wants to burn an influence point because they, they know someone, then guess what? Maybe that pizza can come with some requisition weaponry, but then somebody owes somebody a favor down the road. So you take the pizza pan, you flip the pizza off of it, and you throw it? Like a, uh, like no, a it's saw. One of those, they open. They open the box up Pe- that's supposed to have a pizza inside of right. it. They oh, open there's the no box fucking up. Pizza. There's no pizza. It's it's you know it's a subject. There should at least be a pizza. <laughs> I think maybe you're focusing a little too much on the pizza. Have you eaten today? I have, but I got to tell you that <laughs> kicking some ass works up a hunger. Works up a hunger. And I don't see why a fantasy world yeah. should should be any different. No, it's okay. I mean, if we lean into what has made the most immersive quality content down the road, they usually all involve food and how much <laughs> we can talk about food in a book for 15 pages. Or a YouTube page or like a video. Now they got like the net. People are like, hey, are you watching that Netflix show where they cook shit? I'm like, no. No, <laughs> no I am. It's called Nailed It. No. It. But you know it. what I'm talking about. The, yeah. the Nailed It one people yeah. like and they like the John Favreau Cooks with Famous Friends oh, one. Sure. Okay. And I'm like, mm-mm. No. <laughs> mm-mm. Maybe we should start one where it's called Throw It in the Microwave and Hit a Button. Hit a Button. <laughs> it's just... It's actually what it'll be like. It'll be like when you're in Christmas and you put up the digital microwave or the digital um, uh, yeah, fireplace. fireplace yeah. yeah, in this case, you'll just have 30 minutes of watching the microwave turn and then you get a baked potato at the end of it. Okay, so I want to talk to you about this altered carbon thing and okay. the Phil K. Dick stuff and the gaming thing because I, I know you as a massive board gamer and RPG enthusiast. But listen, <laughs> but listen. This blew my mind. Yeah. Are you ready for this? Ready. This ready. is Phil K. Dick stuff. Okay. So we have a podcast on the network called Bulletproof Action. It's all about those adrenaline junkie action movies. Yeah, and we're talking about the Van Damme, the Dolph Lundgren, the Steven Seagal's, all that. Awesome. It's from a website our friend Chris runs, who also does the podcast. And I've known Chris for many years, and we just added him to part to our family. Mm-hmm. And they still have published these episodes or these these articles on the site. They did a deep dive, like things you didn't know about Soldier. Remember okay. the Paul Anderson movie with Kurt Russell? Yeah, I remember that. Okay, so that movie nobody saw. Okay. I don't even think I saw it. Okay. But now I want to see it, because guess what? What? The writer of Blade Runner wrote Soldier as a follow-up to Blade Runner for, about the replicants. About the replicants? The soldiers in Soldier are fucking replicants. What? He basically plays a replicant because when you see the t- the major like dates of the battles okay. that are in, in Soldier, okay. when it's like uh, when they're talking about the battles they've been in, they line up with the dates of the ones from Blade Runner. Oh wow! All right. right. So Soldier. Why did they lean into that? Why <laughs> rights issues? The same reason oh, you yeah. licensed something because yeah, <laughs> you can't point. just make up you can't just make fan fiction. Up. Yeah. Okay. Good Soldier point. is basically fan fiction. <laughs> it's like a <laughs> Blade Runner. Okay, yeah. like coming it's off a of fans, it's a fan I don't know film. if Paul Anderson did that before or after the Mortal Kombat movies. I think he did it before the Mortal Kombat okay. movies. Okay, but he made Soldier. All right, and the writer of 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 uh, Blade Runner wrote it, and it, and it was basically a script that was supposed to be a sequel to Blade Runner. And that it just didn't get into it. Yeah, uh, they 
they uh, in the article it's, it's worth looking up Geekscapist, but the article talks about how scheduling issues kept the production from shooting um, in some of the, like the remote and like desolate places that they wanted to shoot in to to, to replicate things like Mars and some right. of that. That you know, I think the replicants in Blade Runner were. On colonies that were in, they're not in colonies. They're usually mining colonies. They're mining or colonies or they're off sites. Yeah. yeah, they're usually in like they're the LV um, uh, 420s of the world. It's right, LV 420. Yeah, and so yeah, and so, but they ended up shooting most of Soldier on stages because the weather and schedules and stuff like that. People just ended up shooting on stages, and you ended up with Soldier. Yeah, so that's fair. that is some Philip K. Dick knowledge. That is some dropped. Philip K. Dick knowledge. That's cool. How'd you get into that stuff? How'd you get into the Philip K. Dick stuff? So, um, I read uh, Do Android Stream of Electric Sheep. And, and by read, I mean I listen to it on audiobook. I need to put that up clear. Um, it was in college? Yeah. Yeah, because that's when you are trying to be a learned individual who like exposes himself to literature and things like in that. In college? Yeah. No, you do that in high school because when you get to college, it's babes. <laughs> well, no, I did read it in college. And because you reinvent yourself when you get to college, because there's none of the kids who you grew up with who already gave up on you. Well, I, I, apparently, but I, I carried my nerdum with me all okay. the way through. Well, so, yeah, you, you, know. you got to keep it on the DL. Also, I like to, uh, and you know, again, I like to read them through Audible. So, right. uh, although I think back then I was just getting like downloaded MP3s or CDs. Yeah, <laughs> I think they were just MP3s. The, content, the compact discs, and you got, you, there's like 20 of them, and you got to switch them out. That's what you get for doing a Neil Gaiman book. <laughs> I wish I had that. Oh, there you go. There yeah, you go. yeah, I leaned into it. Yeah. So I did that with the Harry Potter, but not with Do Android Dream of Electric Sheep. It wasn't that long. But um, listen to it, knowing that it was the inspiration source material for um, Blade Runner, and also knowing that they were similar, but also vastly different. And then enjoying the process of which it was much more of uh, surprise a philosophical discussion about you know things like what we now are um, labeling as transhumanity mm-hmm. right which is the how do how do we look at humanity when we have gone beyond ourselves right yes. and then just being like okay well this is this is some this is some retro sci-fi shit right here and, and and like using it as a foundation it, like and everything kind of since then it just has informed us diving into everything back that point cuz then I did play I was really obsessed with this role playing game in at the end of college going out into the big wide world called Eclipse Phase and it had things like the altered carbon technology which is the cortical stack which yeah. is the it's basically a tiny hard drive that you put at the base of your yeah. spine and if you die they can just take it and put it in somebody you're alive again yeah you're alive again they can yeah. spin you back up in a new body called sleep and so I it the dark world of eclipse phase plus do androids dream of electric sheep plus I did listen to altered carbon the three part book series um, in college as well too and between all those three properties, it kind of lined up with what my understanding of like, oh yeah, well when when technology surpasses humanity, what does that mean, and what are the repercussions right. of all of that awful amazingness that we have to deal with? So, is that something that you're horrified by, or something that you're enticed by, or something that you think is just equally inspired and terrified? Why? Yeah, because I mean, to be fair, it's much more realistic than a utopian Star Trek universe. Right. Don't knock another fandom on my show. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You and by knock. knocking it, I'm yeah. not because I love Star Trek. I know, but yeah. but the idea that it's utopian. It's did, utopian. You've been watching Picard. You yeah. see that again? Yeah, but I, the, I haven't watched the new. The, I haven't watched Picard the new yet. episode. Well, you haven't, haven't watched any of it. I haven't watched any. Oh, okay. Of it yet. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> but the understanding that like a a 
dystopian sci-fi, my, my poor realistic brain, that's much more likely to be our world than a utopian sci-fi. Oh, within a year. You know? <laughs> yeah. um, so the idea of, like, well, what do we do with that information and how do we make good choices now that, that reflect or mirror the good choices we can make in this dystopian world. Oh, we won't. Because in Altered Carbon, the class division is cataclysmic. Like, the, yes. the rich are even more rich and the poor are even more like poor. physically removed from the planet. Like, they're, they live in these sky... Scraper yes. type things. They live. They live above all of yes. us, literally. And they're yeah. the, and they're the societal equivalent of an immortal god mm-hmm. because they can just keep resleeving themselves right. over and over again, and they're clones. So, like, there is literally a scene in. Sorry, spoiler alert. But there is a scene in Altered Carbon where he takes one of his sleeves and goes into a pariah neighborhood in which there is a killing disease in order to hand out food. And events, and but he's doing it all for one big publicity stuff. He's sacrificing himself, yeah. Sac- and then yeah. he physically dies from the disease, withers away on camera as he's handing this stuff out to these people. And then, surprise, guess what? He's on the newscast tomorrow. Yeah. You know? Like it was he's a still stunt. Business. It was a stunt. Right. You know? Um, he's just trying to be a little bit of a Christ like figure, and that's something they, they, that's they play with as well, right? They play with that a little bit, where yeah. he, the people are playing, they're playing God, right? Mm-hmm. So they, uh, so that's just the interesting part of it. It's like, what do we do with that information, and how do we, how do we make choices, and what happens to the people who don't live in those extremes? Who are the people in this world of extremes that have to like scrape through the day to day, and what are their stories? They become Battle Angel Alita. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, because it's similar. Did you did you read Battle Angel or I see the old school one? I did not. Or see this new one? That it, right, it's same thing. Like yeah. like there are floating cities above our cities. Yeah. And there's like the only way to go up is to win the Battle Angel Angel Alita like battle thing, and then then to you get can, the rights to go up. The rights to go up. Like you yeah. have you have to be ordained. You know. And yeah, but all that kind of like um the and we and we like that we we like that idea of there is there is an option for us if we just try hard enough and if we just that's some okay boomer shit. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean it is. Yeah. It's like this. Well, you aren't working hard enough. Meanwhile, people you and I's age. Yeah. Are all having like four jobs, right? Just to make but it's it like, all. Well, work. if you didn't work hard enough, meanwhile they're stuffing their fat cat money in their fat cat pockets, yeah, yep. and then voting against people like you and I, being like, "Oh yeah, we're going to take that Medicare away from you too." And uh, but you can just work hard just, enough, just work and hard, and maybe enough. you'll get it back one day, yeah, right before you hit the dirt, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, uh, so it is, it is as much fantasy in what you're doing than it is in our reality. It's just as Tolkien esque, yeah, right. Where it's like, oh yeah, just 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 work harder, and um, you'll you know, well then if that's the case, hurry up with the damn cloning process because oh, yeah, we're gonna need. Several Jonathans for the multiple jobs. Yeah, and that's the deal too. Is is that the other good part too? Is is that now you own a mortgage on each one of those Jonathans as well too? So, yeah, I got to keep them on the deal. <laughs> with, with the with the proto humanity type thing, um, like, at what point do you stop being human? It's something that that Dan Slott is working with right now right. in the Iron Man book. Okay, because if you read the Iron Man comic, uh, Tony's dead. Yeah, but Tony is AI that has. Created himself again, right. and and he's legally lost the rights to both Stark Unlimited and yeah. the Iron Man suit because he's not a human. He's not human. And, and so he's AI. does AI have rights? And, and Marvel, at least that corner of the Marvel universe, is dealing with like the rights 
that robots or AI have. Right, which is very Matrix in that. Did, you ever, the, did you ever watch the original um, or the, the animated Matrix? The Animatrix. The Animatrix. We Thank just call you. it the Animatrix around here. That's, <laughs> that's, that's what, what it was called. That's what it was, yeah. yeah. But, the, um, but that idea of, of AI, and in, in Altered Carbon, there is some gray area there about like what is considered citizenship and what is not. And AI are kind of regulated, kind of like government bodies are sure. in, in Altered Carbon, where they do have certain rights, but they aren't but they aren't full citizens. You're begging for a revolt, you know. But that's telling you. But that's the thing. They're all they're all programmed to, to deal with that. But that's the question that we always or we always get to play with. But to answer your question of when you start losing humanity in in altered carbon, more they, so than I already have. And even in the game, right? We have a thing called ego points. Right? Ego points, which are like the mm-hmm. mental. They're like the mental health points. Okay. Of your character, because you can suffer a damage, a certain amount of damage threshold, and then have organic damage, like opt to die. Like literally, it's like a game of poker. I could fold my cards if I want and be like, you know what? I'm going to opt for organic damage and have my sleeve die rather than go into real death and have right. my stack get yeah. killed. As long as the stack survives, you still play. But the closer you are to that point, the more ego damage you're going to take when you're resleeved into another sleep, and every resleeving is going to suffer some ego damage because you're losing more and more touch with your source material, right. which is, you know, your birth sleeve, right? Then They're not perfect replicators. You're not going to, you're, I mean, you're not going to recognize who you're looking at in the mirror. Right. You know? And envoys in the series have sp- special conditioning in order to deal with that. Uh-huh. But, like, regular Joes like you and me, I mean, if you woke up tomorrow and you were in a completely different body... Oh, God bless. That would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but Please. then it would, it would definitely have a little bit of a... It would, it would mess with you. Yeah, and is there an... In the Altered Carbon universe, and, the, and I forgot that point, that they are not resleeving themselves and exact rep, and exact yeah. clones of their own bodies. The Mets can do that. The, right. By Mets, I mean Methuselin, right. which are the wealthy high, people. Wealthy people. Yeah. Um, but, but there's got to be. Is there is there an echo of a, your old? There's a self? scene in Altered Carbon right. where the they're at the government resleeving facility, mm-hmm. and they're in the book. They describe it as um, a girl was killed in a I don't know if it was a car bomb or if it was some kind of public damage. That, that a criminal undertook, right. and the girl's body died. and But her parents, because it was kind of under the purview of, hey, this was this was damage to the city, and, you know, you don't have any insurance, you're you don't have any backups. Yeah, you're peripheral. They, they re-sleeved this 14-year-old girl into this 35-year-old woman's body. I remember that and plot point. And she walked out to kind of find her mother. Yes, right? I remember that in the plot point in the, I believe, train station scene, or yeah. it was an airport or train but station. But that's the thing, it's a resleeving facility. Right. You know. Oh, it's not an airport at all, it's a receiving facility. Yeah. It's an airport for, for, you, for but, consciousness. But you can't back up your spinal you thing. Can. You can, yeah. right? You, you can, can be like, oh, I'd like to go back to an old week. Like yeah. a week ago, yeah, like time machine ago. on your Apple. I want Apple. to forget last week. Can I just boot up my old copy? Right. But guess what? All that stuff costs money. It costs money. So, so, so let's talk about how the like. Oh, there's a couple of things I want to ask you about. Okay. First off, is designing an RPG, like, like, why? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because it, it sounds like such a. It's a lot it's of work, but it's you involved. love doing this yeah. shit. The idea is, is how do you and for me No disrespect. You lo- like if I know you, yeah. you are synonymous with loving the RPG and the I, board game. I literally You're obsessed with this. I and I, I You wrote a children's book it about is it. My, it is it is not only the the career I've chosen for myself, right. but it is it is the thing that I want to do. When is enough enough? You know. When is enough <laughs> enough? <laughs> I'm kidding. Tomorrow. It's right now, Joe. No, it's, it's like, what it is. <laughs> you know you know when, when, when people are looking at you and you're doing this kind of 
uh, and we're in LA, we're weird. And this is like we pursue creative goals and, yeah. and creative careers. And, and people who don't understand are like, well, what's your backup plan? What's your backup? <laughs> well, what's your backup? It's like, this is the back. Well, no, sometimes no. you're in the backup plan. Yeah. Sometimes you're in the backup plan of the backup plan of the backup yeah. plan, but they're all creative backup plans. We're all, we're all plan. just going. We're yeah. resleeving our careers, is what yes. we're doing. Yes. So, because the other ones died. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes in the garden of life, you just have to throw seeds and go, grow, damn it, please. Jeez. Do it. You know. I call them scratching lotto tickets, but I think your uh, metaphor is uh, much more positive. It's just throwing it, throwing it in positive. the dirt. Yeah, but I mean, the uh, yeah, maybe this one's a winner. But it's fun because you, we, what we do, and what my least goal is, yeah. is to try to replicate an experience for players that um, is interesting and enthralling and intriguing, mm-hmm. and it's providing a platform in which to tell stories. Fundamentally. That's the okay. most important because, thing. Because, uh, like I told you, I, I had Richard Garfield who designed uh, Magic the Gathering. He created right. Magic the Gathering on the show. You obviously know who he is. Um, and Geekscapists who haven't heard that episode, you can go back, I think, about four, five, six months and listen to uh, me talk about, to Richard about creating Magic the Gathering. He approached it as, from a mathematician yes. standpoint because he is very much a math dude. He's a math dude. He's right. a math dude. Are you 100%. a math dude? No. You're a story dude. A story dude. You're right. Yeah. You and I, that's why we get along. And that's fair. And and we have and my business partner is a is like he's been building designs building games since he was ten years old. He's a robot in a jar? He is he's a brain he, in a jar? He is a game designer robot in a jar. Okay. So sometimes okay. I have to, to slot him pizzas through his pizza interface. Not like so. It, what was the one in PB's Big Adventure? Boxy? Boxy? Remember the, not Boxy's. Boxy's the, the, the one from uh Battlestar Galactic Old School. But uh, uh I'm talking <laughs> Way out of it now, Geeks gave us. Um, what was the name of the robot on Pee-wee's Big Adventure? Who would also Pee-wee's get, Big Adventure? Pee-wee's Big Adventure, the, the, or no, no, Pee-wee's Playhouse. Who would give him the word of the day? Whenever I think of a synthetic robot friend, I'm just going to go with him. Go with his be like, default word of yeah, the day. Yeah, I just robot. want an Android who will be like, "Hey, what's the word of the day?" This, this little ticker tape comes out, and I'm like, "Okay, when we, when we whenever anybody says it, let's scream." <laughs> That's how bot. my head works. It's a screen bot. Yeah. That's how my head works. You yeah. said my I do the creative work. My friend does the math and the design, and I'm and like, oh, he must be a robot. He He's must be a brain robot. in a jar. Yeah. He pops out a little ticket, and it's yeah. a game. Yeah. It's He's a game like, design. Here is some games designed for you. Thank you for the parameters. He's got a good. He's got a. He, that's and that's important too. Scope of work is important, Jonathan. Yes. You gotta have parameters. So <laughs> so let's talk about this. We are talking about. It. I know. You're I just talking have about ADD. robots at uh, at Pee Wee's Playhouse. Okay, so there's a couple things I want to ask. You take it from a story standpoint. It, it, as an ultra carbon fan, is your partner as big an ultra carbon fan? Yeah, we both we both were a huge fan of the series. Okay. When we when we were asked if we were interested in making uh, an RPG in the world of, it was not a eh, kind of decision. We both unanimously said yes. We what was interested. his name? Crystal Rosa. Christopher De La Rosa. Christopher De La Rosa. Okay, yeah. you are not a, a computer brain in a jar. No, he's not a. He's not a he he's, lives here in LA. He's not even a Futurama esque uh, head in a jar. Yeah, no. I'm just saying, like, no, he's, you know, he's, he's we're going to get there. He's up in Pack. He's up in the Pacific Northwest. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. So this opportunity came to you guys. We did. Yeah, we were we were asked if we would be interested in it. And we both said, yes, we are 100% into it. And then we presented what we would do if we were to make a RPG in the world of Altered Carbon. Who came to you? Who, who talked to me about it's that? It's a buddy of mine. Because I don't know the process. A, 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 so it licenses a buddy, mm-hmm. a, a buddy of mine who is, has connections over at Skydance, which is the production company yeah. that makes Altered Carbon. I know they that one, like yeah. Top Gun sure. and Terminator yeah. and um, all that. They basically, he said, hey, Altered Carbon's looking for 
Some transmedia opportunities. Could there be a role-playing game? Exactly. Right. And we said, yes, there could. Can you put it out by the season, second season? <laughs> and, and we said... Was that part of the conversation? And we said, yes, we We're can. in production so. on season two. Can you hurry the <laughs> fuck up with your game? Yeah. And you're like, great. Yeah, it'll cost this much. They're like, oh, can you kickstart oh, it funny, instead? <laughs> funny, funny you should say that, because season two of Altered Carbon is going to be dropping while our Kickstarter's ongoing. You sonza. <laughs> Wow. It's going to be on Netflix Let's in late go. February while our Kickstarter is ongoing. Okay, so so, yeah. so the game will be out by in, June. in June. Okay, yeah, so. June, June, August. So you got to turn the heat back on him and be like, you better hurry up with that season three. I know, right? And it's like, what's up? Where's my Where's my season three drop? But why the Kickstarter? If these guys are at Skydance and this and that, like, I, I know we, you guys asked for. It'd be like, okay, this is how much it would cost. This is, this is how much we're going to raise. And they were like, well, we don't we don't have he, that. In the here's budget. here's how licensing works. It okay, it's not a situation in which they fund us. Okay. Um, licensing traditionally is is that um, you do you do for for the rights in which to produce certain content you you have to par- you have to pay to participate right but they had only so. paid for the TV rights and maybe some other ancillary stuff and they needed to go back and get the RPG no, rights or they we, had that we are doing a Kickstarter because we have a lot of unique wonderful opportunities that we want to bring together and as a result we wanted to bring them to Kickstarter in order to showcase that we have. Uh, a lot of different opportunities. Like we have a live play planned out that mm-hmm. will be a part of our stretch goals. We have things like a a uh, we're calling a gaming carrying case, which is the Hello Unicorn backpack yeah. that you see in the show. I see that. Um, you know things like a, a a metal cortical stack that is the first player token. Like when you're doing initiative you know rounds, some kid's gonna put that in his body. Why did you do that? <laughs> well, it looks like a hook. I actually have a one. I'll, I'll I'll show it to you after we're done recording. It's so. in your body. I don't yeah. want to see that. <laughs> Gave his, he, put your clothes back on. I mean. Oh, hey, well, put your clothes back on. I don't want to see your cortical stack. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing is we we aren't we aren't in a position where we're we don't want to ask necessarily like hey Skydance has said we can do all these things. What and do you mean? They they've said that we this is approved. within the parameters of the license, right? The stuff that we want to do. Yes. Um, but you know, in order to do development, I think you know this as well mm-hmm. too, right? Like it's very nice to know like exactly what 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 the game's going to do and what the interest is. In a position, and I'll be completely honest. It's like being able to bring something like this to Kickstarter enables us to do more than if we were just like, oh yeah, we'll just print so many copies and yes. put it out into the world. You're able to gauge the interest. Yeah. yeah, it is. A, is a position where we can go, and 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 the best part is, is that the more interest, the more we can do. You yeah. know, so it's a growing exponential kind of model. Otherwise, we are literally just throwing darts. You know, in the dark and hoping to hit a balloon. Yeah, we're hoping there's an audience out there. And that's an interesting perspective because I think a lot of people see successful um, properties being kickstarted, whether it's in video games or anything else, films, sequels, this and that. And they're like, well, well, wait a minute. Right. You made Mega Man. Right. How can you not just make another game? Right. You made Mega Man. And for a lot of people, or like Tim Schafer's situation, you know, it's like, what? You right. created Monkey Island and all these other games. Right. Why, you helped why, create them. Why are you like, kickstarting? Why are you kickstarting, Tim yeah. Schafer? And a lot of it is that R&D on, a, on an audience. Like, wait, do we even have an audience for this stuff? And the, and the point is, is there's so much it's risk noise. mitigation. There's so much noise nowadays, yeah. too. There's, there's so much just, like, amount of things that are out there. And we're putting our best foot forward. I mean, to be fair, it's not like we're putting this up with a, you know, like a t- couple paragraphs and saying, hey, this is the game. Yeah. Like, we have a lot planned out, and we've all invested a lot into this. Mm-hmm. And this is an opportunity for us to say, like, hey, this is the stuff we, we have out. This is the stuff we're ultra-passionate about. This is how the game 
game plays. This is how the game plays. Yeah. Are you in? Are you in? So it's an advertisement right. as much as it is anything else too. Like, like it's not just uh, aggregating an audience and aggregating like a distribution network. It is a way to say, um, it's it's, a, it's a kind of like a long form. PR campaign. It, I mean, it, Kickstarter is very good about getting the word out there. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it's 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 and when you think about how role playing games are sold nowadays and what everyone else is doing, like very a very small portion of people learn about role playing games now by walking into their bookstore and seeing something on the shelf and taking it. Home. No, and you have really successful Kickstarters for things like remember they brought back like Fireball Island. Yeah, Restoration and, Games and they're doing Dark Tower right now. And that was completely kickstarted. Yeah. And I'm sure that they blew the doors off of that thing because of nostalgia, etc. And and how are the Phil, I mean the Phil K Dick fans they're out there. They're like mm-hmm. hardcore. They're like, "Yes." They're there. They're ready to go. And even the Ultra Carbon fans are out there. They, I mean, there is a there is a Venn diagram in which there are people who like sci-fi mm-hmm. and like and what more importantly again the big thing that we're trying to separate is is that we are deeply diving into the neo-noir element where it's like, more so than the show more because there's underbelly there's stuff that the show just can't cover yeah but it's and yeah and we have but the, the books can we have the means in which to take creative license from both the series and the books and anything that those two things don't cover we have an, an amazing creative liberty in order to expand and develop our own was there know? a Philip K. Dick you know, like uh, uh, I want to make the joke of Dickverse, but was there a Philip K. Dick did universe that it. has uh, a little bit of overlap? Or was it? You know, because when you look at Stephen King, the Dark Tower series kind of brings in, makes all of his books canon with each other. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I know some of them. Yeah. Are, yeah okay, but uh, is is does that work for a Philip I K. Dick? I don't think so. I mean, I don't to be think fair, so. because because uh-huh. in sci-fi, it's usually defined by what kind of technology. Sure. Is used into it, and while the Philocade Dick Android and the Replicant thing is similar, not really. That's a little more in line with like AI, yeah. which in Altered Carbon, nano swarms define who an AI is, and they are literally existing in simul space, which is Altered Carbon's version of like the a cloud, yeah. yeah, the cloud, yeah, right. And they are interfacing into the world through nano swarms. So they're real time educating each other, and mm-hmm. they're a constant. We have they're an entity. We have atoms yeah. that make up all our body, and AI is made up of a, of a nanoswarm. Right. You know, there's I mean? not a separate AI. Everything's linked in, is what you're saying. Yeah, it's not a hologram or a projection. They can you can still, you know, poke an, poke an AI. You're just poking a bunch of nanoswarms. Would you be upset if when I drop this episode, I also launched my Kickstarter for my soldier based <laughs> RPG? <laughs> also, now that I've told you, yeah. also tangentially in the Philip K. Dick universe, yeah. if I if I if I launch, I see it's, what you're it's, trying it's, to say. You know what? I'm just going to tell you. You got me excited. Yeah. And I, we recorded this episode a few days earlier. I've got the weekend. I may just put together a Kickstarter campaign with um, hand drawings, and, and the good I'm going to put together a, an RPG. I'm not raising as much money as you. I don't mean to undercut you, but a man's got to got to eat. If, <laughs> if if I do a soldier based in the film, can you? They, you know, yeah, Phil, you in the same that, universe, if they, if they have that issue, you're gonna have that same problem. You put Phil it K. Will, Dick on anything. It will be in the soldier universe. I don't know if the lawyer, if they can still afford lawyers on that one. <laughs> no. They didn't really have too much box office on that in the bill. But uh, you can you do, know, you can do it just to hope they don't say anything. You can have Kurt Russell's phone number. <laughs> I just needed to make a web video for me. Hey, I'm Kurt Russell, and you're. It's a stupid Welcome idea. to Soldier, the RPG. You have so. my trust that when you launch this campaign today <laughs> and Geekscape is go 
check out that campaign. You will not be getting a soldier RPG from me. All right. <laughs> With hand-drawn images. I'm going to do my best. I, you know, <laughs> You're not getting it. And the good news is that Kickstarter is a platform, so you can. You can. Yeah, I can't wait you to know. get a cease and desist on that piece of trash. Yeah, that's so good. So you know, good. I'm not making a soldier RPG Kickstarter. I already got the money for that piece of garbage. It's just going to be me with like a... Uh, I'm just going to draw on a deck of cards and be like, well, yeah. use your imagination. Use Wi-Fi. <laughs> the power of imagination. Did you ever play Syndicate, the computer game? Did you know about it? No, I don't. Okay, so Syndicate was early to mid-90s. They may mm. have done different iterations of it. It was a PC game. And it dealt with a lot of the same uh, neo-noir stuff, but you're running a syndicate, um, and basically, um, it's it's a art, bit of an RTS game, um, and you're in charge of agents that are go- going into like a limited cityscape, and you have to pull off different missions, like an assassination or a breaking okay. and entry acquisition type thing. But these agents have different abilities, and there are also uh, enemy NPC counter agents and things like that. Yeah, that sounds and it's so fucking awesome because it had multiple layers. Like there were there were subway tracks over the city and things like that. It was it looked like a Blade Runner type game. See that's. And you had to communicate, activate different powers with each of your guys because you had like a sniper type one. You that had to look out. That feels that Syndicate feels, was a great game. That feels familiar, and that also feels like a lot of like the some of the gameplay. If you're playing something that's really action based, sure, it that, is action based. That can that can feel like a lot of like how your analog experience could be inside mm-hmm. of something like this because we have archetypes that that will specifically specialize you down. Like and, a like like you're able to see through brick. Well, yeah, like, I mean, technology, technology will let you see was, through brick. Right. But if you're probably really good at using that technology, right. you know what I mean? Or if you're in a position where if you're playing an archetype soldier, you're going to have specializations and major benefits that you might have access to that stuff when a civilian would not. Mm-hmm. Or a politician will have access to certain areas and um, you know personnel that the soldier will absolutely not have. You know. That so kind of what situation. are the different classes in your game? So they're archetypes. Yeah, archetypes. we're not even calling them classes, but we're calling them archetypes. And Why because, is that? Uh, because class insinuates D and D and all that stuff. Yeah, well, yeah. there's also D and D, but it's yeah. also uh, class insinuates that you are class is a different thing in, in all your in your yeah. It's actually structure. pretty. It's actually pretty important. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. So archetypes are things like um, technician, sure. politician, socialite, soldier. Civilian, because civilians kind of like playing human in D and D. They're the most versatile. You can kind of turn them into whatever you want. You can add technology to them, and well, and that's the thing. Technology is all about. um, Can you you afford it? If can you one, can you afford it? Two, do you have the sleeve that has the 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 tech points that are needed in order to do it? And then uh, and then three, like, what are you? If you're going to get that benefit, what are you losing on the other side? There's always like a like a there's always a cost to, a cost. to upgrading your mm-hmm. character. And then you the the game rather than having it be like a standard, you know, like this is this is this is all these you know abilities that you have. Um, the skills in the game are based on just a, on a certain type of die roll and how good you are at a skill is determined by what dice you have. Wait, what? Um, yeah. So so there's only you only have access to certain die based on your archetype. So for example. Um, you might be a D12 in Brawl, but you might be okay. a D6 in Melee Weapons. You okay. know? And the, the smaller the dice as far as sides go is, is the better. So a D4 is the best dice. Yes, because you're gonna, the chances are you're going to land on that 4 or 3 pretty about, yeah. But actually it's all about rolling under the number. Okay, so yeah. so same thing applies. Same Chances thing are applies. you're gonna you're a, gonna hit that one. Yeah, target. Uh, so the GM sets a target number. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, 
John, you know, you want to go, you're, you're going to say, say, some, say something stupid. You can, you can do this. Oh, yeah, I do it all the time. Yeah. Uh, but, well, okay. Could, yeah. I, I say something dumb. Right. Let's just say I say something dumb. Right. And then so you're going to do an expression. So sure. you're going to roll uh, um, roll your die based on what it is for expression. And say, okay, well, in order to succeed on this, you're probably going to need like a two. Like a two. Right. right? So you know, that's really hard. So, But it's much easier with a four-sided die than a d20. Yes. And d12. Okay, I got yeah. it. So I got that's it. the thing. So based on how... And then when I do the expression, I don't get punched in the face? Well, if you fail, you're going to get punched in the face. And by margin, too, right. as well. So oh, if you're, how much they punch me in the how face. How much you get punched in the you face. You made a really stupid expression. Yeah, so you if get, you have a... So they'll if punch tar- them through your head. If your target number was a two and you rolled a six, well, you got four degrees of getting punched in the face as far as right. failures go. Instead know? of just flapped. And we, and we call them degrees of success and degrees of failure. Okay. You know? And they're actual resources in combat that you can use to, like... Uh, narratively fail, right? Or you can use those those um, degrees of success in order to like get mechanical benefits um, in the game in order to do cool stuff with your gear. Usually, right. right? Like my two degrees of success allows me to use one to you know activate the the um, thermal so I can see through the wall. Not only did I succeed, but I can actually succeed flourish. Put it toward succeed flourish. Yeah. I can actually put this towards... Or damage, yeah. Yeah. Whatever it is. And the, the point is is that even though you generated a bunch of successes on one skill, if it's a great success, you can keep using those skills in order to do other things. But there. it's a branching skill tree. That You can't we, just go into some alien skill that's like not really related. Yeah, but that's the thing. You have to do that original skill anyway. Right. You know, it's, it, yeah, it is, it is a little bit of... Obviously, you can't... But you your know, successes branch from that skill. You can't make an expression roll and then use all of your extra successes. Oh, I lifted a damage. bus. Thanks. Right. Yeah. yeah. Stuff like that. I made a great face. Now I'm going to lift a bus. No, <laughs> yes. no, yeah. no. You got it. You've got they it. They just let you in the club and they put you in VIP. Yeah, that kind of bit. Right. Yeah. For like the politician mm-hmm. character or one of those type of characters, like a spy type character yeah. who's yeah. working not only did, not only not only did you get in but someone recognized you and brought you up into their space right kind of which is way better that's a flourish yes. something like that okay so that's 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 how a basic like binary check works of okay. six, you know in that kind of succeed and fail category the um the the traits which are kind of like the D class skills sure. that you would get that, intelligence power, strength that uh, kind of stuff not quite the no. the way like catch arrow or sure, like sure. you know yeah, unarmed yeah. dodge things like that we call those traits and those are kind of unlocked the way that you do like a Diablo tech tree mm-hmm. you know when you're like okay I'm gonna buy this first tier in this ability and then as you get better you can unlock them all the way down to tier five. You so know. you're really badass, super badass. So, so we call it like in in, in like a social, uh, I think what is it called? Business, um, business and commerce tree. <laughs> you have different branches of like this is uh, film and TV, this is print, this is all these different categories you can live in. But any video game RPG has that stuff too, yeah. where it's like, okay, I want to level this up. I unlocked it hour, you know, I unlocked it hours ago, but yeah. I want to level it up. I level do, you, up. Um, do they erode when you die? And get put no, resleeved. So, so the because is, the the physical bodies are different. This is a good question. So when you put your what we, in the game, there's an experience points. We call them stack points. Okay. And they're just like as you as you accumulate more experience and as you do more things, your stack upgrades extensively. Okay. Um, we, we in outbreak we used to call it just stalt, but it's practical knowledge is what it is. So when you when you um, when you use your stack points in order to upgrade your character. If you put them into things like stack abilities, right, acuity, intelligence, that kind of stuff that you're talking about, it's easier to that rolls over from sleeve to sleeve. But if you're putting stack points into things like 
sleeve attributes. The physical abilities. Physical abilities. Yeah. Like, for example, you know, this is the example I was using earlier. If I spend a bunch of stack points to say that I have knife fight, fight training, right? Yeah. I know how to use stuff. Well, you learn that stuff through muscle memory, right? right? And you play with it, you go into it, you get good at it, your body knows what to do automatically. Sure. But if you're out of that sleeve, that muscle memory is out the window. Yeah, or you're the, like in the, the the show or the book, the 16 year old gets put into a 36 year old's body. Right. Suddenly, like their ability to hide in smaller spaces is completely unfamiliar. Yeah, it's right. all it's all unfamiliar. But you so, guys, you guys have I put that in the game. Mm-hmm. Must have taken forever. <laughs> Jesus. It is Christ. a 300 page rule book. So, but the 300 page rule book does it have pictures. Has so many pictures. So okay, many beautiful thank pictures. God, thank God. <laughs> Beautiful, beautiful composites okay, and art. Great. Thank but it's, you. But that 300 pages does a bunch of lore. So for okay. like if you've never you even skip that. heard of Altered Carbon. Okay. But it's true. Like right. we actually say in the very beginning of it, it's like if you know what Altered Carbon is, you can skip these next 15 pages. Right. You know? But that's the thing. It's like there's a bunch of lore and interesting things inside of it. And then there's the gameplay and how to make a character. There's how to play the game. And then there's also the part for GMs. It's like how to run a noir yeah. narrative. Half the book is literally about how to role-play a noir narrative. Well, why is that different than role-playing in a, in a fantasy narrative or a space narrative? Or like, why, why is that different? The difference is because if you're trying to, if you're trying to do something like a noir, yeah. there's, a lot of, there's a lot of like, um, well, think of like an old Holmesian mystery, right? Sure. Like, what are the different facets that are part of a Holmesian mystery? There's a bad guy mm-hmm. who did a thing. Right, sure. and this is what this is the deed they did, and then what what you have to do if you think about it, is you have to backtrack all of the breadcrumbs and all of the things that to they've design done it. to design it. Right, but you to your point earlier, you put a player in front of that, they're probably not going to find that exact pathway that you laid out. No, they're, they're going to have to trip end. upon it sooner or later. But yeah, right. So what you do, I just want to be a simple farmer in this game. Right. Just, <laughs> so what you do then is you take those narrative structures like foils, like red herrings, mm-hmm. like clues. Like, um, uh, what do we call them um, in our role-playing games, too? But it's like just, just the thing that's important, right. right? The MacGuffin. The MacGuffin. Thank you. Yeah. That's the term for it. The MacGuffin. That's the term for it? Yeah. It's I called... just threw that out because it's a film term. But it's, it's also used in role-playing okay, games, got too. It. But and and look... I, think it's, I think it's in any story. Right. It's a storytelling It's a storytelling term. But you, you put those things in front, and what we talk about is, well, how do you, how do you start a game and you don't know who did it? Right, the you DM know? has to feed you the MacGuffin. Yeah, well, eventually, like they have to start giving you breadcrumbs. Maybe right? not even, but not even that. Like, say right. you're storytelling at the beginning of the game, and you're like, "Well, I don't know who did it yet." As the GM, I don't know who did it. Right. What do you mean, as the GM, you don't know who did you it? You don't know who did it, right? So, but, but you're you, the GM. Here's the here. Stay with me. So you have a list of NPCs. Okay. That could have done it. You have a bunch of different clues. And you have a general outline of this is this is the thing that is happening, right? That's how this but, game works. But as players continue to have moments and they create points in the story, you take those things that the the player is creating and you start building around it. And then you finally pick at the end, okay, this you person out of my list of this, uh, this these yeah. out of all of these NPCs, I decided this is the person who best probably did it for the story that they've made. Okay, so as a GM playing this game and running a bunch of characters to it because like when it, you know just using the most popular Dungeons and Dragons as a as like the play like that's a good touchstone like the DM knows the whole Sometimes. campaign and knows the ending and no, isn't trying you don't you know, oh they make it up as they go along huh some uh, every DM's different you're right you're and, right you know, every DM's different and more importantly you might know who your big bad is sure and you might know where they are but how they get there and to what circumstances that is up they to the get players. to there, it's up to the players so you've actually created a game where if you are the GM in this situation you can actually 
let people run free a little bit until you start to corral them or you start to design the story yourself. Yeah, or more importantly, we want to give you all of the tools that right. you need in order to build the narrative around them right. rather than put them on a railroad to the end. Yeah, and I think that's what I was saying was, was how is this not a railroad? Like, because you've, you've played with those DMs. Yeah, noir and noir, unfortunately, at, if you think about it from a design aspect, it can very easily be railroaded because very important things are hinged yes. upon you knowing this, yes. right? So we're trying to break that how to do where you, yeah. you don't have to railroad a noir narrative. So there's many trails of breadcrumbs. Mm-hmm. Many trails of breadcrumbs, and each one can lead to a pathway which will take you back to where you need to go. Okay. Okay. You know? So, so what are some of the, like the thing? Like, how much is this going to cost me with the three hundred dollar book? Like, like oh, I just want I just want to get the game. The get the game. I want to get the game. Fifty dollars. That's it. Yeah. Oh, that's cheaper than some of these things are. And the limited edition. <coughs> we have a limited okay. edition. It has a. It Did has you a, push up your glasses? It has a book sleeve. Yeah. Okay. Because okay. okay. it's just sleeving the books. You're sleeving so your vertical yeah. stack. Okay. You're sleeving your book stack. Your book stack. Um, and, but yeah. it, it you're looks, upgrading your vertical stack. It actually looks like a cortical stack. I know. Die cut, and it has cortical stack. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful uh, um, kind of uh, metallic foil paper on Man, the front. Your cortical stack is stacking right now. Just thinking about it's it. It's crazy. It's crazy. Okay. It's crazy, crazy. So. <laughs> so so the base thing is fifty dollars, mm-hmm. and the limited edition runs more like a hundred. That's not bad. Yeah, for a sleeve case with all of the other items that we're attaching to it, because it's a hundred with a couple of other ancillary items like cards as well. Too. Okay. Yeah. So cards, and um, I don't know if we have the cortical stack at the hundred level. I think that's at the no. Then at, then at the hundred and fifty level, we're putting in some minis. Those little figurines. Little figurines. Yeah. We're putting in some minis as well too. So, so there's yeah. multiple levels. Geekscape is go to Kickstarter and check out this Altered Carbon Altered campaign. CarbonRPG.com if you want to make it easy. AlteredCarbonRPG.com is where yeah. you guys want to go. And then you'd be like, all right, I think I want to get that thing. Check it out. Yeah. $50 is not a bad... And the $100 and the digital, isn't bad. And the digital version, like you just want the PDF, 20 bucks. Wait, what? Yeah, 20 You can bucks. just do that, huh? Yeah, just the PDF. Yeah, but it, I don't know. You, I like you. I you, you want to hold it, right? I know, you want to touch the too. thing. I'm a I'm a a, a pepliophile as well too. And I, I want the like paper. the I want the little figurines. Dude, the minis are cool, man. They're from Warforge. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, from War Cradle. Yeah. Um, and their sculpts are awesome. awesome. War Cradle. Yeah, War Cradle. What they, else do they make? They uh they also did the Dystopian Wars okay. series, and they also they have a bunch. Um, they have the Weird West one that they do as well too, but um. They have a bunch of different... They're based out of the UK. Okay. And uh, they're they very well known for miniature skirmish games, and their miniatures are gorgeous. You, you, so you were you, you're, you mind-flipped into a little Dwarven Forge. Yeah, I like the Dwarven Forge you know, the, tiles. The, the tiles. The, the tiles are awesome. We had that guy who created Dwarven Forge. Oh, yeah, our, Stephen Potomsky. Stephen was at our booth this summer uh, at Comic-Con. Yeah. And, uh, and he was on our little mini conversation at Comic-Con. You geeks cables can go back to a July episode and find Steven. He's a character, right? On the, he's a total character. Yeah. I, like, you know Satine? Mm-hmm. Satine brought him by the booth. And yeah. I was like, who's this little weirdo? <laughs> you know? I was like, you know what I mean? Like, like this, little, uh, this little weirdo uh, c- carved his own DM chair out of a, out of a stump. Oh, the dude is in... Yeah. So, so he comes to the booth, and I don't know him from Adam. Yeah. I just know he's one of Satine's friends. But yeah. I love Satine, but she hangs out with some weirdos. Yeah. This, we, we hang out with weirdos. I know. Ivan, we hang out with weirdos. John, I, I tell this to you. You're, you're a big old weirdo. Man. Do you think I'm weird? Yes, you're totally no way. weird. No, you're playing it up for the show. Yeah. I'm, the most, I'm about as normal as it gets. Sure. Um, and so this guy's hanging around the booth, and, uh, and I'm like, 
he's like mumbling and stuff and I'm like who is this guy yeah and so I get to talking to him like as the microphone is on right and it's all coming together in my little slow brain and I'm like oh I play with this guy's tiles all the time <laughs> all the time and it starts two and two and two to start they just start coming together and I'm like oh this guy's awesome and uh, Steve and I had a Really good conversation, both on and off the, the episode. And um, and he was like, you should come out to my house in Seattle or wherever it is yeah. and like, hang out. He's showing me pictures of the house. He's telling me about how they went down to Gen Con that yeah. very first time with like $20 and yeah. they ended up starting to sell the Dwarven Forge tiles and it all started it's there. It's a classic success story. It is a classic Qu- success story. Crazy success story. Yeah. So all respect to Dwarven Forge. They got their thing going. Yeah. But you get your little minis from... War Cradle, War Cradle, yeah, War Cradle, and they make good. They make minis. They don't make tiles as much. No, they do. They do. They're a miniature war game. Okay. They're a miniature war game company. They do mostly the skirmish games. They had the, uh, another one too. Is they make a lot of the minis for the Infinity yeah. series, which is another kind of like kind of bubblegum sci-fi super intense uh, game as well too. But yeah, no, they 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 get it and they get the license. They understand altered carbon, sure. and so we felt like they were a really great. Pick Did they for make it. this vertical stack too? They made no, the cortical stacks. The cortical from, stack. uh, my uh, from my challenge coin company. So okay, yeah, that was a challenge coin. You know what challenge coins are? You know what challenge? You know, like the old military. Yeah, like, you know, challenge coins. Yeah. But no, I'm not as big a gamer as you. you challenge coin is like something that you have in your pocket, yeah. and whenever the game doesn't go your way, you go, "I challenge." No, it. no, 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 no. It's just that I have, I have a, I have a great company who makes challenge coins who made my court. Did stacks. I describe a challenge coin accurately? Yeah. No, but it's not, a, but not in the game. Like, a, I mean, cha- what a classic is, challenge coin. What is that? Is, no, challenge coin is when you. I know arcade tokens. A group when a group of people have all had experience something, and it was very commonly like a military thing. Like you're all part of the same. Yeah, this isn't a gaming regiment. thing. This, this is, is not a gaming. Yeah, thing. This is not a gaming. It's not a gaming thing. So, but I'm just it, it, backing up. Just explaining what a challenge coin is, so you can understand that Please. I had a company make it. So these these challenge coins are usually given to an entire squad or entire group because they um, pulled off some mission. Yeah, well, they there's an army thing. They're all part of the group. Right. And it's not even just army. It's most of the military as well too. Okay. And so what happens is traditionally it's been used to challenge. So if you're like out drinking together, you know you pull up your challenge coin. Fraternities do this as well too. Oh, you pull gross. up your challenge coin okay. and you say, "Hey, I've got my coin. Do you have yours?" And if you don't, oh, then you got to buy the drink. But if I hold up the coin and challenge you, and you show me that you have yours, oh, then I got to buy. Then the you got to okay. So that's Bailey for drunks, <laughs> is what you're saying. If you want to put it like that, yeah. <laughs> they don't want to pay for their beer. Maybe they open up their wallet and they're like, oh, I don't have enough for this. Yeah. <laughs> but I got this challenge coin, and it usually is a legacy thing. They should too. actually just work on getting coins so they can pay for their own damn drinks <laughs> okay. instead of going and spending it on they're, some big ass challenge. Some coin. of these coins are. Gorgeous. Why do you have a challenge coin? What's that? You're trying to get other people to like... No, I mean, I made a challenge coin back in the day for all my old King of the Nerds folk. Okay. Because we all went through the show together. Sure. So all three seasons, we got them all challenge coins to kind of be like, hey, we're now we're now bonded through this reality You don't want to like, do the Lord of the Rings tattoo or anything like nah. that? Nah. Why? Because some girl's going to see it one no, day? No, you know what? What I will tell you is that Xander, to this day, to this day, still has his in his wallet, and every single time he sees me and thinks about it, he gets me every time. Xander, how many of these damn people are going to talk about has been on the damn show? Xander and Bonnie came on the show a couple years ago. They're great. Um, I do do love them. Yeah. Um, So the the company that usually makes these, and they're popular enough. They stay in business off Mm -hmm. these drugs? Oh, yep. And again, they're beautiful. They're great. Some people just use them for design now just to... Be a part of it, but they also, but they, but they made, uh, they made my cortical stacks as well too. Okay, so as somebody who does not drink myself, like I, 
I don't drink. What can I use a challenge coin for? You can do it. You can because do I, it. I kind of want to be in the club. I kind of want to be like challenge coin. And is there is there a chance for a Geekscape challenge coin? Where if I'm hanging out with like Matt Kelly or Derek at, at Comic Con, I can be like, "Do you have your challenge coin?" And then if they fail or I fail in my challenge, we have to then go and what is the non is it used for non non alcoholic things it, i mean i have i mean that's just the example that i know about but okay. i'm assuming there's probably multiple uses for challenge coins john so. okay okay it's not just like slug bug like that kind of thing <laughs> slug bug or like slug bug or like jinx buy me a coke and, right. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, you would have to go and do your deep dive on challenge questions. I think you're going to do after this. I think I am, and I think this is it, Matt, Derek. If you're listening, um, if you if if you, okay, this is what you do. You take the challenge coin. I'm going to make the challenge coin kind of obnoxiously big. And if I have a challenge coin and I pull it out, and you do not have your challenge coin, you have to eat my challenge coin. Ooh, like put it in your like swallow it. Yeah, that's that's gonna that's, they're gonna have to go through a lot of challenge coins. I think. I think that might kill them. No, I can't do that. I'm, I'm, uh, here's the thing If you're a long time Geekscapist You know hey. I'm constantly Trying to think of ways To kill them Hey John, John yeah. On your own time Okay Okay <laughs> Matt and Derek your, your your time is coming <laughs> I will successfully Find a way to kill them good, good. Without being like Not my fault not my, They okay. ate a challenge coin <laughs> It was part of this thing I made up The challenge coin Just happened to have Like a gem in it Did some of them Have gems in them And stuff like that No just enamel Enamel Yeah oh, We gotta make some good ones Yeah Okay, okay. Well, get me in touch with your guy. We're okay. going to make some, some that like... I'm going to make a challenge coin that's like that really dumb compass from the last Star Wars movie where if you hold it in a certain place and a certain time that should never happen, it reveals some special place. Okay, sure. Did yeah. you see that last yeah, one? I did. You know what I I'm did. talking about? That compass thing mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, that Death Star just happened to land there. That was convenient. Like, my challenge coin is going to be like, if you hold it up on the seventh day, you know? So you want to make a Raiders of the Lost Ark. Is I what want to make a Raiders of the Lost Ark. I want to make that. Fair. Maybe yeah. put it in the staff. In the right. Sounds like you got some planning to do. Yeah. You, where it goes. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. you got to take it to, like, the, the, the Cavern of Souls or whatever the hell it is. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm just saying, if you're just using your challenge coin for drinking... No, I'm using it to, to, to do cortical stacks is what I'm doing. There you so, go. There you go. I want to see one of these so, things. I want I to see what they look like. I will. I will pull them up for you as soon as we're done. How long does the campaign go? The 30 days? 28 days. 28 days. Four weeks. Okay, and what is like the big number you're trying to hit? So we so you're probably gonna are the first week. funding. We, we are just doing the minimum funding, of which means we will do this project at 20K. Wait, if you don't get 20K, you won't do it at all, huh? No, I won't do it at all. That sucks. Well, I'm going to... Yeah, no, you can't there. say that, or no. else they'll be like, "Well, I'm fine. No, I'll order yeah. it on the backside." No, no. I mean, we won't. We can't. We won't because right. it's it's literally a it's a thing. We will know that there is not enough interest in this that we will pull a plug. Okay, you know. So twenty thousand dollars gets you to make a game. Get to make the game, and then everything be sad. past that point will be like things like the live play series. Stretch goal. We have a bunch of um, uh, regional supplements. Like we're going to be doing a source book for Osaka. Is the one of the first line of stretch goals? Oh, yeah, know. cool places because they have different rules and cool different, places, different, different things. societies, yeah. cultures, all that yeah. cool stuff. And the great part is uh, the person who's running Osaka is Aki Benson, okay. um, who has familiarity with both Japan and Osaka specifically. Okay. And they are a wonderful RPG writer. They do like a lot of the 
the, um, there are a lot of like clear skies and shield of tomorrow stuff with Eric Campbell on his life okay. series and stuff like that. So they're amazing, um, and we're going to kind of slowly release them as they come out. So first day we'll see how we get, but we'll we'll we're right now we're only revealing the first couple of stretch goals just to kind of see where we live. Oh, so. Well, Geekscapers, if you want to find out Blow what it. they are, yeah, you have got to go to. Let me tell you what it is. I know what it is. I'm saying it. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. Um, you, first off, go to Kickstarter. Right? No. You don't, you don't want to go to Kickstarter. You want you want them to go to your website. I want them to go to Altered Carbon. AlteredCarbonRPG.com. Right. I know you want to go to Altered Which will Carbon. forward them to Kickstarter. Yeah, but you're trying to get those ad money, huh? I know you're going to put like a banner on there, maybe a pop-up. Nah, 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 nah. Why, why? Why? Why do you I'm ad kidding. money? Yeah. I'm kidding. I'm um, kidding. AlteredCarbonRPG.com. That'll, that'll get you all of that. And then to, to take a look at some of these stretch goals, I think you guys are going to bust through 20K actually pretty fast. I mean, we, I have no idea. I'm always going in. Have you with, done one of these before? I've done a few of these before. And how have they been? They've been fine. They've been great. You've, you've succeeded. The last one no. we did was Kids on Bikes. What is that? Oh, that's like a Stranger Things type thing. It was thing. the Strange Adventures in Small Towns. Yeah, with, with Kids we, on Bikes. We can't legally say Stranger Things thing? You can. Okay, got it. <laughs> it was an RPG? It was an RPG, and it raised 90. Yeah, so yeah. I think 20's within your wheel well. Twill's within our wheel well, but you never know, boo-boo. You don't know. Well, this actually has fans. Yeah. I'm just saying. No, no, really I'm like, just saying. Let's crush it on that first day. If you come out and make it and get into it, let's just get to stretch goal land because that's where all the fun stuff starts. You made a game called Kids on Bikes. Kids on Bikes. How much is it? I mean, how how do you make a game? How do you get into this? Because I'm like, no, yeah, well, I just want to write a story. Well, 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 I will do a whole other series where I just break you down how to make a good RPG. So we'll get into that. And people come to you now for these good RPGs. Oh, did I do, the strangers I, on bikes? I do the kids have, on bikes? Or whatever they call it, strangers <laughs> on bikes. <laughs> But the kids on bikes, did that lend itself to people finding you and being like, hey, what about this altered carbon thing? Uh, well, that's the thing. It was a real successful RPG. It still is. You know? mm-hmm. And I found that one. I found that one because I was Did you do that with your buddy? Jonathan Gilmore. Okay, different guy. Doug Levidansky. I okay. saw John at, at um, Gen Con, and he, John is a very prolific, amazing game designer. And I was like, John, what this is you, what you want to do. You want to make games. Yeah, I was like, what are, you, what are you doing right now, John? You got any projects? And he's like... And hit his drive and just started scrolling through folders of games he's working on. He's got a ton of them. And I literally, I kid you not, John, I, I looked at him yeah. as he was scrolling. I was I, I was like, what's that? And I stopped him. I just like tapped yeah. in and was like, what's that? Kids on bikes. And he was like, oh, it's the first. That's my, a lawsuit. It's my first RPG. Oh. <laughs> it's my first <laughs> RPG. That's a cease and assist. It's a cease and assist. <laughs> oh, what is that? But, um, but I told him, I said, hey, I'm interested. You know, yeah. I want to see I want to see it. That was his first RPG, his but not first your RPG. first RPG. Mm-hmm. What was your first RPG? Outbreak Undead. What? Outbreak Did you just Undead. say? Oh, Outbreak. Outbreak Undead. Undead. It was our zombie survival RPG, which we just put out the second edition for um, last year? Uh-huh. Yeah. Not last year. 2018? So, you, you make big bucks on these things. Like, we're sitting in your mansion. Like, these RPGs Super bucks. sell like yeah. crazy. Uh-huh. Uh, you're, yes, as you sit I mean, in my... I you, mean, you have a second... Edition of this thing, and Geekscape is trust me, he could self fund this series, but he doesn't want to. Um, I'm messing with you, Geekscape. Is, <laughs> help the guy hit 20k. Um, on the, being such an asshole, uh, well, par for the course. So, um, like it now, the Outbreak Undead has a second edition coming out. Like it is out. That it is actually it out, is out now. You can go to you can go over to Geeky Tees and pick it up if you want to. And I love Geeky Tees. Yeah, I do love Geeky Tees. But how many how many did shipped on that thing? We we had um, I believe three hundred backers on that one, 
And, so, but you shipped more than three hundred. We shipped more than because you, you're yes. you're then in, you made enough money to go to stores too. Absolutely. And do so like we that. do a co-publishing uh, um, deal with Renegade. So Renegade Games distributes all of our games. Mm-hmm. So you can go. They're out. popular. They yeah. put out a lot Lotus, of stuff. Yes. Blank, um, Fuse. If, if a dummy like me can see the logo in their head, then I'm like, oh, I've seen them. Yeah. No, I know do, about they them. Do a, so we're we're kind of officially unofficially their RPG branch now. Oh, cool! That's kind of what's going on. So, okay, and we have Werewolf Fifth Edition coming out later. Later, in, uh, later being like we're gonna we're gonna start showing parts of it off in 2020, but it's gonna come out in 2020. And you helped create the Werewolf thing? No, we didn't. Help I didn't create think. It. I mean, that, that's been going on for a while. Yeah, that was that was yeah. originally that's that's a world that's a world of darkness piece. Yes, you know. So, but I we're was gonna, like, what? How we're gonna old? be you. You've been no. in this game a while. No, it's no, we're we're doing. We've been we have been offered to do Fifth Edition through Paradox Interactive, who. Owns the world. What of happened darkness. to the people who did fourth edition? They got fired. It's a whole, a whole other podcast, it's a, man. But it's like a mess, right? A whole other podcast. It's a, oh, because yeah. this happens, Geekscapers. You know <laughs> that, like when D and D, and then they split off and did Pathfinder. It's like we're taking our ball and going home, but it's our ball that we're going to make our own ball. And like this stuff happens. There's some drama in the RPG world. I mean, it's huh. a small, it's a small crew. It's a small, uh, oh, small world. You guys end up in Gen Con, and it's like that motherfucker, right? Do the, do they are they mad at you about the Werewolf Fifth Edition? No. You have enemies who are like Fourth Edition rules, and like do they? I mean, do fans no, not, do that? I mean, there's, there, there is, because in D and D, you know, people do that. There's an edition wars all across the board, but yeah, I'm not I'm not at liberty to be able to speak on that one. So, ah, come on, know. nope, 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 You would know a werewolf if it hits you. In the face. You know, right? You get right, that? No, yeah, there's. I mean, that there wasn't a lot, there wasn't a lot of that on our trailer. Actually, people were super super cool and super excited. Right. But because, because, cool, because guess Sometimes what? people do just want to move on. They just want, and, and people are ready for 5th edition of right. Werewolf. It's great. But if the people who were responsible for 4th and this and that just want to do something else, that's, that's when they come to you. Yeah, I'm well, going to go with that narrative. We're going to go, we're going to go, we're moving forward. Okay. Yeah, that's how it is. Okay. Because so. they're going to call me, they're going to be like, you're the guy who did the soldier game. Because <laughs> we got this 6th edition, and Ivan now, like, after this Altered Carbon made $300,000... We can't afford Ivan anymore, so like we need you to do Soldier. Yeah. So like we like the Soldier game a lot. I, I would tell you, could man, you do Werewolf Fifth Edition? Sol- if Soldier comes to me and says, "Hey, we want to do it," I will give them. I will give them the name. All right. No. Yeah. No, like, I'm not know, doing it. You know who loves Soldier? Jonathan London. It's just going to be Thumb War. <laughs> I'm not. I can't do the math and all that stuff. I'm not doing it. Three. What'd you say? How big is your source book? You said a 300-page source book. Someone told you tomorrow that. Hey man, you want to make soldier? What would you say? I'd be like yes, and then I'll be like, give me your hand, and we're gonna do. I'll be like, this is basically soldier. Give me your thumb. Put your thumb out. It'll be either a a variation of thumbs up. Yeah. Heads down, thumbs up. Uh, yeah, heads down, thumbs up. Seven up. Remember that game? Heads down, thumbs up. Heads up, hey, heads down, thumbs up. I think it was called Seven Up in some circles, so that might be the variation. Um, it, or it might be Butts Up, where you hit, peg a motherfucker with a ball. My four-year-old loves Butts Up, by the way. Where you take a tennis ball and try and hit somebody in the head. <laughs> I think it's a different game. So I don't think your four-year-old's playing but like yeah. like butts but, up, but no, I don't think it's the same butts, butts up. up where you t- it's where you okay, where you put your hand against a wall and you're turning around and you can't look, and people are throwing tennis balls at you, no. <laughs> and they're trying to hit near no, you no, think, to cause you to flinch. No. If you flinch, you then turn around. Definitely not. <laughs> and you cover your you can cover your privates, but then you're just, they're just gonna throw a tennis ball. 
That's definitely not what he's playing. I didn't think your four-year-old was playing butts up. But it would make a good soldier. That being being said... Okay, full circle. People who own Soldier, okay? Yeah. Tangentially in the Philip K. Dick universe. If you want to come to me and do a Soldier training type themed game where you are basically just playing I, You're up. making the LARP now is all I hear. And you're just it's a little LARP, a yeah. little LARP. But it's fun. It's fun. Well, your LARP involves somebody like fucking with their spine. Yeah. So like, that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's messed true. up. That is true. So like, if you want to do some soldier training, soldier tie-in game, let's kickstart it. And in it, you get a tennis ball. <laughs> <laughs> Can the people who it's make... Brand, it's brand <laughs> tennis ball. It's a brand soldier brand Can the people who make your coins maybe a tennis ball? <laughs> Hey man, you got your challenge ball. There you go. Come to the Geeks Game booth this summer. What we're gonna do is we're gonna go to the side of the convention center and we're gonna play the soldier. I'm holding you to this. I'm holding you to this. At Gen Con, I need to see this. This is the soldier game. This, okay. This is it. King's Game is, you know, you know we're going to be back at Comic-Con, booth 3919 or 4014 or whatever our booth is. Same place every year. Come find us. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to schedule. Soldier game. We're going to schedule a playthrough of the soldier game. <laughs> Tennis balls at Matt Keller. <laughs> okay, that's perfect. Okay, John, thanks for having me on, man. Appreciate it. I get bored by myself, so I do a podcast yeah. where I bring in my friends, yeah. and I mind spasm at them, <laughs> and then we don't talk for another few years. No. <laughs> it's perfect. But I'm going to come to your booth, and I and I have. And we're going to play the soldier game. I have expectations now. So. Okay, so the soldier game package comes with multiple tennis balls. One of them ha- is made of steel. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it will put dents in the brick. That's oof. it'll chip the brick. Oof. Um, oof. Let's talk about this Geekscapist. Let's, let, um, let's talk about how we can make this game. But until we can play that one, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go to alteredcarbonrpg.com and I want you to help fund this thing because this actually sounds like a good game. I'm being facetious. I actually, you guys who listen to Geek's Game know what's up. But Ivan, <laughs> no, mean, thanks for coming on the show, the man. Best, man. It's so good to laugh Thanks for ha- making jokes. Um, alteredcarbonrpg.com is the most... That's the only thing you got to take from this whole hour. <laughs> just just do that. And Soldier the RPG. Or the Soldier of the game. Yes, yeah, it's Maybe. Happening. Come it's, to Comic-Con. We'll yeah, play. Let's do it. Against the side of the convention center. What the hell are you guys doing over here? We're playing soldier in the game. <laughs> I love you, man. Oh, my buddy. Thank you so much. Good to see you. We just did a soldier clasp. Holy shit, you people are supporting a total spaz. Did I lose it? I totally lost it. How badly do you think I lost it at the end of that conversation? Um, you know what? I'm going to do it. If you guys want to play the soldier game, come to visit us at the San Diego Comic Con booth and come check things out. Uh, be like, hey, Matt Kelly, Derek, Jonathan, up against the wall. We're going to play the soldier game. I'll do it. Uh, we've done crazier things on Geekscape before and definitely crazier things at Comic-Con before. So that's the episode. AlteredCarbonRPG.com. Much thanks to Ivan for being completely patient with me and allowing me into his home. That's dangerous. Doesn't always turn out well. Uh, but we made it. It got it got a little iffy there when I when I lost it, but... 
We made it. Um, okay. You guys know what to do. Go search for Geekscape on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Be a part of the conversation. And, of course, take this episode right now. Hit that little like share button and share us with, like, let's go with five of your friends. Share us with five of your friends right now. Say, hey, you love Philip K. Dick. You love RPGs. Whatever reason you have to share the episode, share it with five people right now. And then while you have that number 555, let that 55 drive in your head, go to the podcatcher, click five stars, and leave a review and say, hey, this guy losing it it is the funniest thing that has happened to me so far in 2020 because, um, you know, 2020 has been kind of up and down right now. All right, I'm leaving you guys to it. I hope you guys do really well with your lives right now. I hope uh, you guys are excited to listen next week. And between now and then, I hope you get a lot of work done. And I hope you have a really joyful life full of lots of fun and love and community. Uh, We've always got that for you here at Geekscape. Never forget, we're building a kindness cult. Geekscape forever. Love you. Peace. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 